This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big, short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello everybody, welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. I'm Aaron Flanagan, joining us this week, uh, first of all, Mark Jones, how are you doing mate? I'm alright, yeah, you okay? Yeah, very well, and Matt Lawless is back once again. How's it going mate, you alright? <laughs> <laughs> yes, very well, thank you. Um, we're going to be talking title race, so let's, let's start with the title race. Um, Liverpool, bottling it, two games without a win, I mean, I mean, in, in, this is bottling it in modern day Premier League, isn't it Mark? Um, is it? It's, it's early February. Um, it's. I think the thing. I, I I understand why you're saying that, but it's because it's because of the pace that these teams have gone at all season. Um, and for Liverpool, prior to the Leicester game, which was last week, Liverpool hadn't dropped a point to anyone below the bottom five, and they've now done it twice in a week. So, so when you, when you put it like that, then then it's obviously a a blip at a time that they. Basically, I think there was a chance to kind of put the hammer down, wasn't there, and really kick on, and they've not taken it. Yeah, I would say they've lost momentum, haven't they, slightly? But um, to say they're bottled it, I think that's too strong at the moment because we don't know if they have. I think proof will be in the pudding this Saturday when they play Bournemouth. That's the real test. They've got to, they've got to go and win that game. Um, there was a stat shared around on Twitter last night after the after the West Ham game, which obviously finished one all, um, saying that Liverpool in their first twenty games of the season had only dropped six points, mm. whereas whereas they've now lost, dropped seven in their last five. Uh, Mark, yeah. from your perspective watching Liverpool, can you feel that something's changed? Does it feel like that something um, has? I think you know maybe gone a little bit more negative. I think it's entirely. Um, sort of that, that that run there is entirely sort of in line with the fact that there's been injuries and, and, and the team has had to change and as soon as the team dropped last night at the game I, I was looking and thinking it's not, not quite right there you know missing missing the likes of Henderson and Wijnaldum who are two huge players for that team when Alexander-Arnold is already out as well um, I think what what's happened in the last few games is proof really that I've said it all season I've said regardless of if Liverpool's going to win the league Man City have the better squad that's that's without a doubt to me which is why going out of the Cups I think was was alright for Liverpool because they, if, if this is what they really want to focus on then they'd have players fresher and all that um, no matter what happens between if City could come forth or whatever they, they, they have the better, the better squad than Liverpool um, and Liverpool's squad has been tested in these last few weeks and it's fallen short because the problems have come in similar areas think about defence the likes of Joe Gomez Lovren Matip they've all sort of been dropping in and out Alexander-Arnold at right back um, and then the midfield has just been a bit of a mess so uh, yeah I mean it's funny I was reading some quotes from from uh, Andy Robertson after the game last night and, and it's how you frame these things isn't it it's all, it's all about how you frame it because you look at the last 10 games in the Premier League and Liverpool have got 23 points and Man City have got 18 so, so, so again, it's kind of like which 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 one do you want to believe? You know. Yeah. Um, you mentioned squad depth, though. Obviously, you had a couple of players missing for this West Ham game. 
is it fair to say that Liverpool have maybe faltered by not signing someone in January and, and, and giving themselves that little bit more depth to help their the, the, the title challenge? Possibly. Um, I think Klopp is quite cautious when it comes to transfers anyway. You know, he, he hasn't, it's surprisingly little amount of transfers he's done in, in three years as, as, uh, as, as Liverpool's manager. There's not that many really. And you even look at that team last night, there's, there's a lot of players there who have still been there for a few years. He's quite, I know he's, you know, Klopp comes across as this big character and all that, but he's actually quite a, I think, a sort of cautious and conservative manager sometimes in some of the things he does. Um, and I'd say transfers on because he, he, he would answer that question by saying, well, what's the point? Because, Gomez will be fit in a couple of weeks Lovren will be back next week so I think he actually said it during the transfer window was like what am I supposed to do spend 50 million on a defender and then he's out of the team in two weeks you know, so. which I think is a valid point yeah. to be honest and the only thing I found curious was letting Nathaniel Klein leave on loan yeah. now has he done that because there's a problem with the player there's a player causing issues behind the scenes I don't, don't expect so but you know perhaps it might have been that look he wasn't happy and when you're in a title race you need everybody singing from the same hymn sheet I think there's a bit of that I think well Klopp, Klopp said didn't he he basically Klein came to him and just said look I, I want to go somewhere where I can play yeah. and, and Klopp was right fair enough and, and, and he's quite I think he's got same happened with uh, Dominic Solanke I think if, if you were to come to him and say I'd rather leave to go and get some games he more often than not will let you do it and whether or not in this instance it's it's the right move obviously uh, it doesn't look it at the moment but um, you know again he'd say well Alexander Arnold will be back and things like that so they, they it, I agree the client thing is looking more and more curious with, with each sort of week that's gone by since it happened yeah, yeah well, what I would say though going back to the bottling stuff I wouldn't say they're bottling it yet but they are certainly feeling the pressure and you just felt that not just the players but the fans as well last night, they were they were pretty subdued by Liverpool standards, I would say. I think more so in the, the Leicester game, you could be really yeah, sensitive. and that, I kind you? of feel that they're on edge. And then, you know, but how many times have Liverpool gone 1-0 up and then they haven't held on to a lead within, what was the space of like 10, 15 minutes mm-hmm. West Ham equalised? Um, so there's a problem there, you know, and I think it does come down to kind of a psychological factor. Yeah. Well, I say people have mentioned mind games um, in, in in the past about about Klopp. In the past few weeks, when City have been dropping points, I mean, mm. especially around the Newcastle game where which City lost, is this almost like mind games going reverse on them? In the, in, in, in in a sense of there was no pressure on, there's no almost no pressure on City now because. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there were been, seven points behind. I, I know honestly, it was. I honestly don't think there ever has been pressure on City. This, it's from kind of Christmas time when Liverpool went went top and and they became this. I found it remarkable, really, this reaction to to Liverpool looking like they have a real chance of winning the league. And it became this huge thing, which and it was, everyone's got an opinion on it, and it does now. It, Basically, the story is Liverpool in terms of what, whatever happens for the rest of the season. It's either Liverpool won it or Liverpool lost it. I don't think Man City have that pressure because they they've won it. Yeah, because yeah. because whether it's a so whether we get we get caught up in it because kind of a social media thing, and perhaps we read too much into it. But nobody's really out there, kind of on Man City's back in the same way they are with Liverpool. It seems to be everyone's got an opinion about Liverpool, and it's either positive or negative. There's no in between. But that that does play on the mind the fact that you know for City they've got the strength and the belief because they know they've been there they've won the title in recent seasons they won it last year Liverpool haven't won the league in 29 years so for them it's we need to get this off of our backs and you can just sense that kind of the edge 
about that where mm. it, the fans, the players almost got caged with this but fear that they seems, might not do it It seems again. to be it's an edge, it's it's an edge seems, for everyone. Yeah. Like it's, you, you, you look at like Man United fans talking about it and it's like to be the worst thing in the world to them for Liverpool win the league because it's this thing that they've just known about for, what was it, 29 years? Yeah. And Man United fans have always had that, haven't they, this thing? And it's and other, other clubs fans as well. And it's, I find the reaction unbelievable sometimes. It is bizarre. I don't quite get it. I think it'd be a fascinating, fantastic story of Liverpool won the league. I don't subscribe to those who say, you know, anybody but Liverpool. I think that's harsh. I love Klopp. I, I mean, he's a great I, character. Why wouldn't you want him to win the league? I, I'm, I'm definitely not in the anyone but Liverpool. No, no, you're, uh, a, you're a Man City fan. I'm not in the anyone but Liverpool camp. Yeah. But I've got to say, when Liverpool bottled bottle the league in 2014, yeah. um, it was quite entertaining watching the Liverpool reactions. Get that, yeah. And, 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 but that's, that's such a... And again, it's only recently sort of coming about again. You've perhaps, perhaps I did, I don't know, but that, that it, I underestimated how much that is on people's minds all the time. You know, yeah. it seems to be, and you think back to that team, and it wasn't, it wasn't a great Liverpool team. It was nowhere near as good as the current one. And they went on this run, which I think they won 10, 11 games in a row just to get themselves back into the title race. And it was what it was basically a case of they're going to lose a game eventually, and then it happens against Chelsea. But it seemed to be. With that, and that's on everyone's minds again, isn't it? And, and and you wonder how much longer that's going to go on for because Liverpool have lost big games in that five-year period since then. Almost every big game Liverpool have got to Champions League finals, Europa League finals, whatever they've lost, they've they, they've let themselves down, and Liverpool are going to need to put that right eventually because they can't keep on doing that. And whether or not. This is the time I don't know, but it's almost um, it's it's early February and, and exactly. it feels like it's ramped up so much. You, you yeah. don't lose the league in February, uh, for me. I don't think so. Anyway, I still think there's a few twists and turns to come. And at the moment, Liverpool, I think there's been a huge overreaction to their results. They haven't lost. Uh, City have lost four games this season. Liverpool have only lost one. All right, um, they should have. I think a draw was a fair result last night. West Ham were fantastic. Yeah, definitely. I should, I should add that, but. Um, with Liverpool just, there's just a few things they need to fix and it does largely depend on players who are available like you know for me I think the big change we were talking about this last night Jonesy but perhaps bringing Fabinho to the back line alongside Van Dijk and that might shore it up a little bit because they look so vulnerable at set pieces mm. that was the real danger and I think if anything Bournemouth have got to exploit that this weekend yeah. um, and the midfield looked a bit lightweight with, with, with the three there and I just mm. don't think I mean, Milan a try but he, I think his better days are behind yeah, him now, I mean you know? I doubt you'll see that midfield again no. playing for the, it, it was very much a mix and match sort I'd of situation I'd rather push Milner on in the middle to be yeah. honest, give you a bit of bite yeah. um, but, but I don't the, think it's, I think there's a huge overreaction I think that once you get a couple of these players back you, you're looking a lot more positively but for Liverpool, they just need to get through to March when the international break comes and they just need to be neck and neck with City still. Mm. If, and if they are, we all know it's going to go to the wire at this rate, but we were saying you can't even exclude Spurs in a minute. Um, they're only five points behind, although yeah, yeah. for me, I've always maintained that they're not really in it because <laughs> they're Spurs and they'll do something Spursy. But yeah. Well, I, th- I think we said on one of the last podcasts about Tottenham, we were like, so they're probably not going to be in it now because they're, they're on this little run without the, you know some of the key plays, but... Actually, I think the five points behind. Yeah, I've, it's I've, it's, it's impossible, mate. Six, I, mean, I think. Uh, it might be yeah. six, sorry, yeah. Yeah, sorry, it is, yeah. But I, I just find it fascinating that they're still there. I mean, and I've yeah. got to say, my opinion on Tottenham in this title race has changed massively yeah. over, over the past always, week. I've, I've, I've consistently said they're in it. Um, and I think 
they they just they, they're very very consistent in what they do they they go about things they they've been winning a few games late on recently haven't they they've shown a bit of kind of fight in in, in that sense but I don't think they'll win it but but I think they're they're in it basically and they're I think almost they, in a nice position James yeah. because like you say about Liverpool there's pressures on them but with Spurs it's almost like well look yeah. they're in it or they're not in it you know it's a bit like the Okie Koki they're in yeah. it and shake it all about yeah. but they they they've got a chance where they can just go about their business and try and grind out results and as you said, they've they've not had Harry Kane, they've not had Deli Ali, they've, they've missed mm. a few key players. But as a squad, they seem to cope with it. Whereas as a squad, Liverpool, you can just see there's a, a few fractures. Like, so yeah, it's not quite right, is it? With, it without certain players, that's the thing. Yeah, well, it's it's more. I think it's more the volume of it in terms of they've come in similar positions yeah. as well. Um, and one player who who is almost being missed. With each passing week, more and more, I think is um, is Joe Gomez. He's had, a, yeah. he's had a really good season, and and sadly, I think he's going to be out for a bit longer than they expected. So he's just had an operation, I believe. Yeah, well, he had he suffered that that broken leg at Burnley, and then they I, th- I don't think it's healed in the right way they wanted it to. So he's had to have another operation on it. Um, I don't think it's 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 too long, but it's just it's it, it added extra period than than they would have wanted. And then the same goes for Alexander Arnold as well. He's been out a little bit longer than they thought. Um, which creates this problem at right back, which is why Milner's gone there, which creates a problem in midfield. And so last night's game to me just looked as if there was lots of holes to be filled. You know, yeah. It's like, well, this is a problem. And then to solve that problem, you create another problem <laughs> and then to do things like that. So, uh, And I thought the Leicester game was a good example of that because Milner was suspended, wasn't he? So Henderson goes to right back and that creates problems in midfield. So it's it's a bit stretched at the minute. It's it, The resources are being stretched. Everyone's being kind of like chucked into places yeah. but they don't want to be. And it's, and it's come at a time where as you say things are ramping up in, in the it takes way. time though to get that squad balance right and City have done that over the last three years of Guardiola first season didn't have it right but then he identified right we need to have two players for every position so mm. they can cope with the injuries because they're part and parcel of the game yep. so that's why City's squad is can cope a lot better but Jamie Carragher was even saying last night that Man United squad's better than Liverpool's mm. which is quite damning and I think you know it just it goes to show you that Liverpool really whatever they do this season they have been quite successful really and I think people will overlook that City really should have been by last season's margins they should have been absolutely yeah. clearing away by this well there are, there, are, there are plenty of seasons where, where Tottenham would be yeah. you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's just how the Premier League has changed yeah. uh, just quickly on Jamie Carragher making the point that United squad is better than Liverpool's not a chance <laughs> not a chance yeah. is, uh, yes okay no, Man United no. have you know, probably get Rash, more Rashford in the form of his life Pompers yeah. obviously like picked up now but like I, I, I just look at Liverpool squad and man for man I, I think if we want to do a combined 11 as you know yeah. we always do I think I pick seven Liverpool players what, what I would say though to that point is when they play each other later this month Massive. if that defence is the same yeah. Marcus Rashford is going to have a field day because yeah. he will break through and I would say that that's 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 the concern for Liverpool going to Old Trafford at the minute. Mm. It's going to be a tough game as it stands. Yeah. I think um, Liverpool's attack is better, isn't it, in terms of the three of them together? But going back on what we said before, where things aren't working at the minute and then things are being stretched, those three are still there. Those three attackers are still there, and I think it's time now that they really contribute and dig Liverpool out of this. Roberto Firmino was very poor yeah, at West was, Ham. Was. Salah wasn't himself. Mane's been good in recent weeks, but I think he needs the others to, to spark off him as well. Yeah. He's not he's, technically as good as yeah, the others. So he I mean, there is a very, very easy way out of this for Liverpool and a way forward. And it's if Mo Salah just goes on a mad run of form and, and Firmino as well. And they, are, and they are looking for that now, I think. Certainly starting with Bournemouth on Saturday. Yeah. 
So we've talked a lot about Liverpool there, but we haven't actually spoke loads about City in the title race. No one ever does. <laughs> City are three points behind now, but I mean, it's within the past seven days that they lost to Newcastle. It's, Which again was the point that, that uh, Robertson was making. He's saying like, there's all this reaction to a couple of draws. City lost the other day, you know, and it doesn't seem to have the same reaction. Yeah, Probably yeah. because we all know here about stories about Liverpool produce more reaction than stories about Man City and about Tottenham. But um, City did. City have lost four of their last ten in the league. Um, they won the other six, and some of them really convincingly. So again, it depends on how which way you want to look at it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 City though. I've got to say the performance against Arsenal was one of the most satisfying performances that I've watched as a City fan mm. for some time it, it felt like City were back like like the Newcastle game was the kick up the backside they needed like yeah. the final reminder they did very well to because Arsenal were doing alright weren't they and especially to equalise at 1-1 and they, City did very well to kind of ramp it up and get that goal just before half time um, where they really kind of played on Arsenal's weaknesses didn't they and they did it in a very kind of authoritative quite sort of smart way I thought um, and they thought and they, yeah they were really good they deserve to win the I game. think at home City you know will smash anybody they're so good at home it's just away from home I worry about them um, they they need to start well and they did start well at Newcastle it's yeah. after about 20 seconds wasn't it but they they almost need to just keep that going really that, that run going and I feel that if they're going to slip up anywhere, it will be away from home. Yeah, I think there's a couple of dodgy looking away games in there, isn't there? Yeah. I think there's like the likes of Palace and places like that. I don't expect Everton will give them much, much of a problem. Uh, Everton are a bit all over the place, but um, they... The, 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 perhaps the bad news for Liverpool is, is, is that there is that there's the extra gear that City can go into and that's always been there I think and I think Liverpool have perhaps been hoping that they didn't find it but the signs are that they might just be creeping towards it so assuming City do go and beat Everton and go top of the table they'll go yeah. top yeah exactly yeah. but you know the Liverpool fans will be desperate for their neighbours to do them a favour but Everton are it's in just, real dire I mean, straits at the minute and it's, just, it's a strange one because you look at that squad and you think it's not too bad but they're almost a bit of a mishmash in terms of players who weren't really wanted by other clubs um, and other players who are kind of coming towards the the end a little bit or players who just haven't kicked on as they should. So a yeah. bit of a strange one that what Silva's got there. And, you know, the pressure really is on him. I think yeah, I feel the way like, things are going, right, he could be he could be a casualty. I've, I've seen a lot of comments on social media about Marco Silva over the past few weeks. They say Marco Silva, fraud effectively because he came into Hull kept him up played started playing Hull were playing great football it was like the best football Hull have played for years and years then he went to Watford they he had these great up, they got relegated uh, oh, sorry he turned around what was a, an yeah. abysmal oh, team yeah absolutely yeah and then he went and got the Watford job and they were playing great football I know they tailed off and he got sacked I just feel like you've got to stick with him I, I, people they say, saying, saying, I think that most Everton fans yeah. will probably agree he, with that he, 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 it's, just, it's just it'd be changed for the sake of change wouldn't it because someone else comes in they've already got a load of players who shipped in and out all the time so I'm just laughing because we were talking about the title race and we're now talking about Everton no, no, but <laughs> we, do, we, we do that thing we've just ignored City again no, <laughs> but the point is the point is what I'm getting to here so I will get to the real point this is a big that, circle we're going around no, it, and it is because Everton was smashed by Spurs before Christmas and City, God knows, they could yeah. deliver, easily deliver a cricket score. So if they do, yeah, massive for City because I think they've already got a five-goal swing in the goal difference. I think, I so, think yeah. they got 46-plus and Liverpool 41. Um, now, this is a massive game for City. First of all, they've got to win, but they win it by a huge margin. Not only are they sort of sitting pretty at the top, which is almost like an extra bonus point, if you like, 
but Silva has got to be looking over his shoulders. Mm, yeah. I don't think the Everton fans, as much as they'll probably be pleased that they've stitched Liverpool up slightly, I think they'll be furious. I think, I think, I think there'll Liverpool. be a bit of that, you know, I genuinely yeah, yeah. do. I think um, Everton, like, Everton, I almost think the spirit was broken a little bit with the... Um, the Pickford's Origi goal in the in, in the Merseyside derby, and I don't, I don't think they're going to want to do for any favours at all. Yeah. Uh, I fully expect City to win for three or four nil. Yeah, um, I, I just I, I don't quite get it with Everton. I don't know why they've tailed off. I, I think it's just mentally a, a little thing. They've maybe started doubting the themselves. The day, but I mean, what have they got to aim for? You know, there's there's as sad as that sounds. You know, they're they're, they're a long way off that top six. Yeah, they're not going to get. They're not going to break in there in the style of say. You know, wolves have come up and they want to do that, don't they? All right, they won't do it, but they, they, at least they they feel as though they can. You know, yeah. I, I think Everton are just hanging about um, and yeah, getting beaten by by better teams like Man City. Yeah. Um, so very quickly, just before we move on from the title race, just onto the the little bit, little bit on the top four race, um, who wins the title? Then at this point, right now, Mark, do you fancy Liverpool, City, or Tottenham? Um, <laughs> I have to remember to put Tottenham yeah. in there. <laughs> um, Everton. No, who is Everton? Um, um, uh, look, it's it, it, it as a Liverpool supporter. Obviously, I'm going to say Liverpool, but it's going to be very, very tough for them. Um, feels if it, it feels it, like a last day sort happens, of season. Yeah, oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. If um, if Liverpool are to win it, it's uh, it's going to go to the last day. Matty, I've said all along, City. Um, I believe that. But I genuinely, I love City because I've got a soft spot from when I lived in Manchester. But I'd love to see Liverpool do it. I really would. But I just think at the moment, City's squad is far superior, and the they're playing football really well, and they're blowing teams away. So I know they didn't quite do that to Newcastle, but they'll prove that on Wednesday against Everton. Yeah. Um, does that mean I've got to say Tottenham? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, you don't. No. Uh, or Everton. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, or Man um, United maybe. I mean, for what it's worth, uh, I think Liverpool are going to wedge it. Just still, I, I, something just doesn't I think quite he's feel. Mind games with you. Some, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so something just the doesn't quite feel. Score, score of mind games. Yeah, I think it, look, it, the whole thing is just, it's just important for Liverpool to keep their heads um, and not allow what is an increasingly loud kind of noise around the whole thing and, and just think look, they've drawn two games but Leicester played really well at Anfield West Ham played really well uh, yeah. uh, last night that, that happens sometimes doesn't it I mean Man City lost to Leicester Man City lost home to Palace they lost to Newcastle you, look, you can lose games you can draw games they've got to learn though that's the, mo- the main thing they took a goal a one goal lead in both of those games they need to manage the game better they've got to be a bit stronger mm. West Ham bullied Liverpool at times and I think Leicester did the other week and both goals were from set pieces so that is where they need to improve it's a it's a big big few weeks for uh, for Jurgen Klopp I think because he he's got this reputation as he's a bit of a bit of a nearly man and all that sort of stuff and and this is where he needs to really prove he's he's one of the best my other last point on Liverpool that I want to throw in is that they're trying to be a bit too much like City at times pinging the ball around and looking for that extra touch or pass they don't need to mm-hmm. just have a few shots Fabianski didn't have he, he had a good game I must say but he didn't have many mm-hmm. saves to actually produce it was more his command of his area that was impressive last night his distribution he didn't really have too many saves to make so Liverpool got players who can really drill a ball they just got to actually mm-hmm. you know go a bit more attacking at times and a bit more direct rather than trying to you know, look for another pass, and it's just a bit frustrating and tedious to see at times. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. 
and this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, for the last kind of five minutes or so on this podcast, I just want to look at the race for the top four. There's one spot going for three teams, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United. Um, Arsenal seemingly all over the place at the moment, um, <laughs> which, uh, again, I, I think I said it on the, on the last podcast that we did, it's baffling that they're, they're in that position given the, this mad run that they went on. But then you've got a player like yeah. Aubameyang who can fire goals in and they've got a chance still haven't they They, Mm -hmm. they'll still be up there somehow they've had their injury problems but Man United are the form team and they've gone above Arsenal now but at the moment you'd have to say Chelsea I suppose you know great win for them at the weekend 5-0 over you know a struggling team admittedly but that's good for their confidence but then the Chelsea days before and got smashed themselves so yeah. who knows it's, it's a strange one really <laughs> I think on paper at a minute you go Man United is it, oh, yeah. it, I mean I think I go United as well yeah. but I'm just thinking is Gonzalo Higuain and, and the fact he's had that Huddersfield fixture now and he's got these two goals and he's got off the mark and settled in is he himself now a de- kind of a defining factor um, of, of, of this I race I think he might be a defining factor for Sarri um, yeah. I think if, if if he proves to be a hit then you know Sarri's very much kind of Stacked all his chips on on getting Higuain, hasn't he? I think there was a bit of talk there with the board, and the board weren't sure about paying uh, a big salary to a player. Is he thirty one? I think thirty two. So, um, yeah, Sarri's I think clearly gone all out to to get him in, um, and he needs him to hit the ground running. And yeah, playing Huddersfield at home uh, is lovely, isn't it? So whether or not it'll be the same at City, isn't it? The weekend. So um, yeah, I, I think that'll be a bit tougher for him, but. Uh, I yeah, in terms of top four, I think it'll be Man United now. They just seem to be on that upward curve. Arsenal you can always you always used to be able to rely on Arsenal to beat the teams they're supposed to beat, didn't you? You know, to get the results. Uh, but just in the last couple of months you've seen I think they they lost at Southampton, they lost at West Ham. They they started losing games that you perhaps wouldn't have seen them, you know, lose in the past and on, on that unbeaten run they went on, at least, you know, they were they were grinding out results. Um They've just fallen away a little bit for me now. All three are away this weekend. So Chelsea, as you mentioned, at the Etihad, uh, Manchester United at the early game against Fulham, Fulham and Arsenal against Huddersfield. So Man United and Arsenal are playing two teams who probably get relegated and Chelsea have got the toughest test of all of them. So you're looking at United probably taking advantage this weekend yeah. because I can't see Chelsea winning against so, City. And it's a little bit of a free hit though, isn't it, for Chelsea? It's a little yeah, bit. If they, yeah, put, if they bit. put in a performance and they can perhaps scrape a point or something like that it's a bit of a free hit for them I don't think anyone's expect them to get no. and, and the point is that alright Man United might leapfrog them mm. you know this weekend but they've still got to play some tough games yet yeah. so they've, they've still got to play City they've still got to play Liverpool and that's where I think this is why this, this battle for fourth is equally intriguing as as, um, as the title race and I think that's going to go down to the wire as well mm. just quickly one last point on Chelsea um, they're known as a chopping and changing manager sort of team. Mm. Maurizio Sarri 
does he last beyond the end of this season? I'm not sure he does, to be honest. I, I think that's... Um, I always think he was a bit of a stopgap manager anyway. I feel that Chelsea were trying to discover some of their kind of players who they've got, who they can move on. And I feel that that's the real issue. I think they need to identify... I, 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 I disagree on that point. I, 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 I think they brought him in as the one in light. Obviously, he's never won a major trophy in his in his career. Yeah. And at Napoli, he was always going to fall short of Juventus because that's just what happens in Italy. And he was playing this great football. I think they were thinking, let's get this great manager and let's be the team where he's he can create his, manager, his though, dynasty. If he hasn't won anything, he's not a great. He's a good manager, but he's hey. proven this season. Is he a good manager? Because, all right, we'll see. He might win the Carabao Cup. He might but he's been digging out players left, right and centre, whether that's been a case of lost in translation. But the problem at Chelsea, and it's always been this problem, is the players. And if the players don't back the manager, he will go. So he's really much dependent on whether he can get those players onside between now and the end of the season. He can do that if they win a trophy. Absolutely he can. That's when players start believing in the manager. But otherwise, they've proven historically that as soon as that squad doesn't want a manager there, they'll get rid of him. So for me... I think based on what we know at the minute, he's a stopgap. I think the only thing that... I, I, I think he'll go in the summer as well, but the only thing that makes me think he might not is that I think Eden Hazard's going to go. And I think David Luiz will probably go. And I think they're, they're two really big big voices in that dressing room, aren't they? Maybe Chelsea are thinking, well, all right, I think, I think Hazard will be off to Real Madrid in the summer. Luiz is out of contract, he's not getting a new one, I don't think. So perhaps with some of them shifted on there might be an opportunity to, to really sort of build a squad there and maybe they trust Sarri to do that with more of his players you know obviously there's Jorginho famously there's Higuain now um, you know he bought the goalkeeper so he's, he's he, they might see it like that but basically. the biggest player they have bought he didn't know anything about him he didn't yeah. know he was signing so what does that tell you yeah. you know he didn't know that Christian Pulisic was joining Chelsea yeah. so for me that's a bit well hang on a minute that should set alarm bells ringing but who knows like I say I think it's very much dependent on whether he can if he can win a trophy that's going to help his cause massively and if he can get top four then he should be safe but as it stands I just think he's going to come and go yeah so uh, I think, as I think we alluded to earlier we've all got Man United getting that four spot which, yeah I think so yeah which, um, um, Ole with his big smile will be will get him in there yeah um, I think David De Gea has been magnificent I think that's a huge factor Man United at the minute um because there's still there are still signs that they're not quite right, you know, especially especially at the back. They they desperately need a bit of surgery there in the summer. Um, but when you look at Pogba, he's just he's world class at the moment. He's fantastic. Marcus Rashford, I think you were saying this last night to me. He's he's sort of on the verge of becoming the Harry Kane for Manchester United. Isn't you could he? see it, couldn't you? You could you could see them kind of really really throwing talk about a new contract today, isn't there? So you could see them really kind of putting their weight behind him and pushing him forward the fans love him local lad and all that and and, and you've, you've, got, you've only got to look at, at Harry Kane at Tottenham to um, to see how that how that goes and how that that's a real big thing for a club what happens to Romelu Lukaku then because obviously assuming right now given the way everything's going I'd say it seems like Solskjaer's going to get the job full time yeah. I, I don't see how I can possibly do anything more Solskjaer is obviously going to keep on backing Rashford in that central striker yeah. position what does Lukaku do? Well, Lukaku doesn't want to sit on the bench, does he? That's for sure. But he's he's got to improve. You know, if someone made the point about Rashford's goal, how brilliantly he took it on Sunday, had that have fallen to Lukaku, would he have trapped the ball in that same way? Perhaps not. I don't know. But, you know, Lukaku's got a challenge. And if he's a good player, 
he'll respond to it. And that's what mm. you want. If, you, if you've if got a decent squad, like Man United have always had, the good Man United teams have always had like three or four strikers vying yeah. for like two, one or two spaces. So you kind of want to be able to chop and change it a bit. I think I'd like to see Lukaku stay there and actually respond and go, look, I'm up for this. I'm a Man United player. That's what it takes to be a Man United player. And I wonder if Solskjaer is trying to suss him out a little bit. Because don't forget, that happened to Solskjaer. You know, he was for yeah. the majority of his career at Old Trafford. He had to be patient. But when he came on, he delivered the goods for the team. And I think that's what Manchester United has always been about. And I think any player who comes into that needs to buy into that philosophy. Certainly if Solskjaer stays. Mm-hmm. For me, there should be no debate. I think he has to keep the job. Yeah. Regardless of what we know about him previously in his other jobs at Cardiff and, and Mould. Somebody said last night, was it with a Norwegian journalist and she oh, was yeah. saying that, you know, he's not even done a great job over there. Yeah. But <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, what I'm seeing, he's, he's totally bought into to the, to the job at Manchester United. Whether he can sustain that is, is, a, is a different matter. But again, we'll see in the Champions League how good he is and how much those players believe in him. And that is what almost modern management comes to yep. nowadays it is yeah. can you man manage players and can you get the best out of them that way don't necessarily have to be a great coach or a tactician because you've got backroom squads who do that for you that's why Mike Phelan was such a key um, addition to that squad and and it's got that kind of stamp of Fergie over it you know Fergie was a magnificent man manager it was a great tactician, of course, as well. But he always reshuffled that backroom staff, didn't he? And he had different ideas coming in and, yeah. and different sessions. And I think Mourinho probably just tried to control a bit too much. Solskjaer has been very clever as well, hasn't he? I think I don't think five minutes has gone by since he's been there. He hasn't mentioned the name Ferguson. He, he drops it into interviews, mm-hmm. talks about him, you know, in loving tones. And, and it's and it's exactly what Man United fans want to hear because yeah, they the, romanticise the, the, over it. Don't but they? Man United fans have, have gone through this Mourinho period of feeling. At odds with the club, at odds with themselves. What do they want to do? They want to remind themselves how great Man United are, and it hurts me to say, but they are great. You know, they're they're, they're a massive club. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd have him in the job now. Yeah, I'd, I'd give him. I mean, they don't need to do it, do they? But I'd. I wonder if another couple of good results, and they might say, give him a contract for a few years. Arsenal's an interesting one of planners, though. Before we go, because uh, John Cross reporting um, in yesterday's Daily Mirror that you know if if they finish the season outside the Champions League then the budget for next season is £40 million for, for the summer. I mean, what does £40 It doesn't even get you half of Callum Wilson. You <laughs> yeah. know, and, and, and if they do get in the Champions League, £60 million. Where's all the money gone? Uh, the uh, books look good, apparently, but there's no money coming in. So That, that was my, fa- my favourite game in the summer was to work out how many Harry Maguire's things were. I mean, <laughs> he, was, he was £50 million Harry Maguire, so he's not, he's not, not, not one Harry Maguire. No, not, even, not even up to his head. That's, that's, it's seriously worrying. If you, yeah. I mean... Petit's come out Emmanuel Petit said what was the point of getting rid of Wenger then if you know you're not going to spend so I think that's why you know get the the fans back inside I think that was the point of course it did and and, you know you had that period we've got our Arsenal back but I still think Arsenal fans really believe now that God, we're, we're we're still in that kind of yeah. in between phase. It's where a reality really check, isn't it? Going. It's a reality check for them because you could have this exact same scenario with Wenger in charge and where they are in the league, and they'd be up in arms. Yeah. And I just think it's 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 probably nice for them to not be moaning over time. Yeah. But the reality check is they're far behind the other teams. <laughs> So there we have it. Um, I said this last section was going to take five minutes. Uh, we've dragged on for uh, for nearly fifteen. But anyway, uh, thank you. Though. I hope you've enjoyed it. Really <laughs> no, no, uh, we, we haven't even mentioned West Ham yet. 
We did. I mean, we alluded to it. Well, well done. You didn't lose for once. Well done. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nice Wait and Saturday when we play Palace. Yeah, no, no, sorry, no. Nice of you to uh, stop the slump and, and just be four games about a win now. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, Good so, point. Yeah. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Anyway, uh, if you don't subscribe to us already, we're on uh, iTunes, Acast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, we will be back potentially later in the week, maybe next week. I'll definitely be back. Whenever it is, I'm uh, sure I'll pop up. I, I mean, Matty is glued to that chair. <laughs> uh, he'll be there again. Um, so, yeah, uh, until next time, see you later. This is Acast Recommends. Every week, we pick one of our favourite shows. And this is one we think you're going to love. Hello, I'm Jeff Lloyd, and I recently had a baby with Ed Miliband. A baby podcast, that is. It's a spin-off of our show, Reasons to be Cheerful. It's called Cheerful Book Club, and it's conversations with some of the best writers working in the world today. You'll really enjoy our chats with people like US broadcasting legend Rachel Maddow, literary giant Ian McEwan, and the big short and moneyball author Michael Lewis. Feed your brain with ideas from the Cheerful Book Club. You'll find us on the excellent Acast app or wherever else you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the biggest podcasts from Ireland and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.